Uh, if you're visiting with us today, my name is Chris Massey. I'm another one of the pastors here at Family Life Church. We believe that Jesus is the hope for every life. How many of you believe that this morning? That's why you got up, right? That's why you came to fellowship together, to hang out with one another, to, to be a part of church. Maybe you had a New Year's resolution. I want to go to church every Sunday this year. Is that anybody? Okay, my family, we're going to do that. We're, we're, we're doing it. Uh, you know, it is amazing. You know, the new year comes. I, it never ceases to amaze me. I, I always chuckle when I see it. I was in Sam's Club yesterday, and as soon as you walk in, diet food everywhere. It's every year this time. It's just like everybody has that New Year's resolution. All right, I, I, I've, I've had my fun with Christmas and Thanksgiving, and now it's time to take it serious. Uh, but, but you know what? It is a new year, and I really believe this could be the best year ever. How many of you would love for 2023 to be the best year of your life? Right? It, well, and, and maybe, you know, if you stop to think about that for a second, maybe you have a few ideas in your mind. What would make that a really great year? What could make this the best year? And, and maybe as you were contemplating that over the last couple of weeks, it led you to a couple of resolutions in your own mind. Like, hey, I need to do this differently, or I need to make this change if I want 2023 to be better. But I really want to take the next four weeks leading into the beginning of this year to talk about what, what can we look at from a biblical perspective that is going to really set us up for a great year. And, and you know, I put an invitation out in our Christmas Eve service. We get to the end of most years feeling like we just barely made it. Does anybody feel like you just barely made it through 2023? right? Don't, we just get there and, and that, that's what it is. And, and so my heart for us starting into this year is to say, hey, let's not just barely make it to the end of 2023. Let's get to the end of it like conquerors. Because I don't know if you know this, we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who gives us strength. Did you know that? We shouldn't be in a place of feeling broken, beat down and defeated. We should be in that place of really living this incredible life that Jesus has given to us. But I want to jump into this this morning. I um, also want to let you know before, before I get into this, I have a, a public service announcement. Uh, we were going to start our 23 for 23 campaign this morning, our 23 days of prayer for 2023. A lot of 23s going on, but you'll remember it. Um, however, the booklets that we ordered, they did not arrive. So we're going to have to push those off until next Sunday. So unfortunately, we're not going to be able to start that if that's something that was on your radar, but we will be getting that out to you next week and we can still pray because it's something that I really felt compelled for us to do together as we pray and believe for this year. But let's jump into it. What would make this the best year ever? I'm going to give you four things over the next four weeks that I think would make this year for you the best year of your life. And here's the first one. It is rest. It's rest. I want everybody just, for, let, let's just do this together. Everybody take a deep breath in and just breathe it out. Okay, that's enough. <laughs> Here are some incredibly interesting things that I was, as I was researching this that I, that I found about how we as Americans rest. And maybe some of this you'll identify with this. 55% of Americans do not use up all of their paid time off each year. That number has doubled since the pandemic in 2019. It has doubled the amount of PTO that gets left over at the end of the year. Um, Americans continue to set new records each year for unused PTO days. 74% of Americans say they would rather have an increase in pay than any more time off. There is a direct correlation 
with how much money you make versus how much time you take off. Meaning if you don't make a lot of money, you probably don't take much time off. 52% of Americans admit to working while using PTO. Anybody? Come on, it's confession time. Yeah. Take a PTO day and then you work while taking a PTO day, right? 54% of those who use a sick day reported doing so for their mental health reasons. Meaning, I just couldn't go to work today. Like, I'm not actually physically sick, but mentally, emotionally, I just can't do it. And, and that's a hard one to convince your boss of, so you do your very best, like, <coughs> yeah, I, I just got this thing. <coughs> it's probably best if I stay home. And it's not because you were sick, but it's because of mental health. And, and, and again, 54% of the people who said that they used a sick day, meaning one out of every two said they did it because they just needed a mental health day. They needed some rest for their brains. And here I found this interesting too, because this is something we should be utilizing. Americans living in the Northeast region of North America get an average of 19% more PTO than the rest of America. Woohoo, like high five your neighbor on that. That's amazing. But what does it matter if we don't take the time off. What does it matter? <clears throat> you know, rest is such a big part of what God did. In fact, we know when we look at creation, it says that God spent six days working really hard, and then on the seventh day, what did he do? He rested. He rested. And if you go into the Old Testament, we, and even through some of the New Testament, we're going to look at this this morning, there is this continual, what we would call a command, and we'll talk about that in, in a minute here. There is this continual command to take rest. In fact, there are portions of Scripture in the Old Testament that says, if there are people among you who don't take the Sabbath rest, they should be taken out of the camp and stoned. Even in harvest time. Rest is not something that we are accustomed to, but I wanted to, this is kind of going to be the fulcrum here of these messages over the next four weeks, and it's in Jeremiah 6, verses 16 and 17. I want you to read this with me because this is what God said to his people when he was sending them out into captivity. He said, listen, your nation is done. You haven't obeyed me. You haven't listened to me. And because of that, I have to send you away and take away the blessings that I had given to you. And this is what he says to them in verses, or chapter six, verses 16 and 17. This is what the Lord says. Stop at the crossroads and look around. Ask for the old godly way and walk in it. Travel its path and you will find rest for your souls. Everybody's like, yay. Next page. But you reply, no, that's not the road we want. I posted watchmen over you who said, listen for the sound of the alarm. But you replied, no, we won't pay any attention. This, is, this to me is, is really the entire basis of these messages that I felt like God wanted me to share for us as a church going into 2023. There is this fork in the road moment for every single one of us in our lives where we've got to make the decision, am I going to take a step in the direction of walking in a godly and upright and righteous way? And, and we probably don't think of that in terms of how much rest I get, but we'll, we'll, we'll unpack that. Am I going to take the step in the godly and righteous way, or am I going to continue to be pushed down the corridor of everything that everybody else in the world around me is doing? 
Am I going to make a decision or am I going to continue to be drug in a different direction? There is this fork in the road moment and I thought it would be so good for us at the onset of 2023 to just really take the time to look at that decision. What is it that's going to change the things about us? I want to ask you a question here. I want you to raise your hand for this. All right, I'm preparing you. So just make sure your hand is working. Is it good? Maybe you need to stretch it because I know some of you refuse to raise your hand. It doesn't matter if I ask if you're breathing. You're just like... Yeah, fine. All right, here's my question. How many of you wish you could get more rest? Raise them up high. Look around. Isn't it amazing? We wish we could get some more rest. And then when we read verses like this in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30, we almost become indignant and frustrated by Jesus' words because this is what he said. Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle of spirit, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. We who are so unrested, overworked, overwhelmed, who don't have any marginal space in our lives to even take a break, look at the words of Jesus, and our interpretation of them is, Jesus, this life has been anything but easy. Jesus, following you has not exactly led to me having a whole lot of time off. In fact, you know, you you probably experience this on a deep level here at Family Life Church. We do a lot to try to reach our community. And so what does that mean? Some of your time when you're not at work, you're volunteering to help in your church. And you're volunteering in kids ministry. You're volunteering uh, in our our, um, guest services team and in our our ministry teams on the stage and up in the, the balcony up there. All over the place. When we do outreaches, you're giving of your time. And when we are in this place of unrest and an opportunity comes for us to be able to do something to further the gospel, to teach people about Jesus, we look at it as though it's a burden. Oh my goodness, I've already done so much this week. I've already run so hard this week. I've already gone so far. And Jesus, you're asking me to further the gospel, but that's going to take more of my time and more of my energy. And I just don't have it less. How can you say that following you is easy? And here's my, my, my thing that I feel like we really need to focus on. We're doing too much. We're doing too much. How many of you remember in 2020 when the shutdown happened? Right? Here was the funny thing, and you'll remember this. If you went into a store, you couldn't find anything on the shelves anywhere that had to do with extracurricular activity. Because as a nation, we had finally had this point. It was like mandatory. You have to rest. You can't go do all the things you used to do. All that running you did for soccer and hockey and basketball and football and baseball, you can't do it. You got to stay home. All that extra stuff you were going to do, hanging out with friends and going to this restaurant and that restaurant and going to the movies and running here and going to the mall and being here, can't do it. You got to stay home. And people were like, oh, we should do some leisurely stuff. I'm getting a kayak. You want a bike? Let's get the kids bikes. There was like a bike shortage for four months. 
Like everywhere you went, you could not find it. Now, marketplace is full of them now. I mean, it's, it's amazing. But, but what a picture for us as a culture to just stop and take a look at our priorities and the way that we're running our lives. We're doing too much. And I'm not pointing the finger when I say that. I mean, I'm just as much in that boat as you are. I constantly have to check myself on how much I'm doing. But we're doing too much. And and here's the really sad part. Because we feel so obligated in the other areas of our lives to keep doing the things that we're doing, the one thing we feel like we have room to cut in our lives is church and time with Jesus. We're going to stay home tonight. We've been really busy this week. We're going to keep the kids home tonight. They've been really busy this week. We're going to sleep in on Sunday and not go to church. We've been really busy. We've been running. We've been running. We've been running. We've been doing a lot. We've been going. We've been going. And and that's what we do when we, we start to cut out this one thing that probably brings more life to us than anything else. Uh, You know, I was going to volunteer. I just can't. I've been running and running. I was going to help. I was going to give. I was going to go. But I've just been doing too much. I can't. I I need a break. I need a break. And and the only place I can really think to take a break from is time with my church family. My kids going to youth group or my kids going to to Life Kids or or this outreach. These are the things that we start to cut. And it's amazing to me. But church, let's just take a look at it for a second. What would it look like? to begin to prioritize rest in our lives. What would that look like to to create marginal space? Because here's how we think, or I'll I'll throw myself under the bus, right? I've got somewhere to be at 8.30. That means I gotta get up at 7.50 because that gives me enough time to get dressed, brush my teeth, put on my clothes, comb my hair, go downstairs, and you caught that. That's good, that's good. Good job, you caught it. I was just seeing who's awake, that's all. Sometimes you got to check to see who's listening. I'll get in the car. I'll go there. But then I hit two extra stoplights on the way there. Now I'm mad because I didn't expect to hit this stoplight or some bozo's going five miles an hour under the speed limit. Now I'm getting angry because we didn't create enough space. And then the rest of the day goes the same. Well, I have this meeting, so I'll jump this and I'll get this and I'll get that done and I'll go here and I'll go. And it just keeps piling and piling and piling. And we get to the end of the day and we collapse on the couch or the recliner and we just go, oh, I get to do it all again tomorrow. I just need some rest. I just need some rest. And church, why is it we see it, but we do nothing about it? This crossroads, this fork in the road that he talked about, he said, listen, look for the godly way. Look at the things that God is saying. If Jesus is saying the life that I have for you and the priorities that I have for you, they would actually be an easy burden compared to what you're doing to yourself right now. If you would take my yoke upon you, if you would take the things that I have for you. And listen, I remember being challenged by this a few years ago at a conference I was at, Dr. Carolyn Tennant, and and I've struggled with this for most of my life, and maybe you can identify with this, is the inability to say the simple word, no. Can you do this? Yeah. I'm really stressed out and I'm out of my mind, but I'll fit it in. Okay. Hey, I I have this coming up. Can you do this? Yeah. Okay. We just keep doing it, don't we? Because we can't say no, but I remember Dr. Carolyn Tennant, she said this. A well-placed no creates a more powerful yes. Because 
when I'm able to say yes to those things, I'm not doing them with the limited amount of ability, time, emotional strength, physical, mental strength that I have left. I'm giving the best of myself to it because I said no to a couple things. And listen, I know we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but sometimes we just got to say no. Can, can, can I just help you? Please put your listening ears on. You can't do it all. I want to say it again. Please hear me. If you hear nothing else I say today, please hear this. You can't do it all. We live in a world that has everything to offer. You can't do all of it. Every time you try, you drive yourself closer and closer to the edge of exhaustion, burnout, exasperation. Listen, there are studies out there that are starting to to note that our pace and our stress in our lives is starting to push us closer to be the first generation that's gonna have shorter lifespans than the generation before us. Because we're so stressed out. We just gotta keep going. I wanna illustrate this for you. Silas, can I get your help this morning? You, you give me a hand? I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, come on up here. Everybody welcome Silas to the stage. This is Silas. And... I just got to brag on Silas a little bit. Like Silas helps with our youth group and he is just such an awesome part of our youth ministry. And we really appreciate you, brother. So I just, I'm I'm sorry, I just throw you under the bus there. All right. What is this? You know what that is? It's just like a, a bucket. A bucket. That's good. Good. One for one. You're doing a great job. I want you to fill this bucket. Okay. So here, I'm going to give you this. Take that. Let's see if you can open that. You can use your teeth if you need to. Don't spill them. There you go. Very cautiously. Perfect. There we go. You've done a great job. All right. Would you say that bucket's got a decent amount in there? Yeah, a little bit. Is it not full though, right? There's plenty of room to add more. Let's add some more. Here we go. That did not go the way we had planned. Close up on my face. So what I need you to do now is pick up every single one of those pebbles. This is going to be a longer thing than I had expected. It's going to be amazing. So we got a little bit more in there. We'll keep going. It's okay. No worries. I won't break anything else. But we'll continue to fill it because there's still plenty of more room. Right? Because you can always add more. You can always... There we go. You can tap one of those. Thank you. We always try to take the spaces in our lives and fill them up with the next thing. It's not enough to be full of ping pong balls. It's not enough to spill rocks everywhere. Miss Judy, I'm sorry. Where's she at? It's not enough to fill it with water. We have to continually press time and time again to get one more thing, one more thing until what begins to happen, there's nothing but a giant mess around us. Yeah, I planned that. That's right. Thanks, Silas. <laughs> we continue to push and do and push and do and do too much until finally something breaks. You end up in the hospital. You go through sickness. You can't, your body physically can't, you have a mental breakdown. Listen, it happens to people. Heart attacks, strokes, things that take place because we push and push and push and push and never stop to rest.
Biblically speaking, there's this challenge that we're given. Isaiah 58, 13, it says this. Keep the Sabbath day holy. Keep the Sabbath day holy. Don't pursue your own interests on that day. But enjoy the Sabbath and speak of it with delight as the Lord's holy day. Honor the Sabbath in everything you do on that day. And don't follow your desires or talk idly. Then the Lord will be your delight. After you crammed everything else in and did everything else and did too much and went too far and went too hard and refused to rest, he says, take the Sabbath day and keep it holy. But here's the problem with Sabbath rest. We've been, we've been at this for a long time. We take what God intended as a blessing and we turn it into a curse. We turn it into a curse. Instead of being a blessing from God, we turn it into a curse. And here's how we do that. We make it legalistic. I was reading a book by Robert Moore called Take the Day. And I've never experienced this for myself, but he chronicled this in the book. But he said if you go into certain regions of New York City where there are large populations of Jewish communities, if you go into these buildings that are owned by these Jewish owners, their elevators are set and programmed to just stop at every single floor because it would be Sabbath breaking to press the button to go to the next floor. That's the level that we get to. In fact, Jesus addressed this among the Pharisees. He goes, you, you, you've gone to the greatest extent unnecessary to create legalism surrounding this, but here's what he wanted us to see, and this is what he says in Mark 2, 27. He says, you've forgotten this very fundamental thing. The Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people, not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. God's like, I gave you a day of rest as a gift. I, I created order in the world and at creation, I made the sun, the moon, the stars, the heaven, the earth, and all the animals. I created everything. I gave it order. I gave it perfection. And then to model for you what was going to be necessary for your lives, I took the last day and I rested. We need rest, church. But we've turned this idea of Sabbath rest into like this legalistic requirement. Oh, well, I have to do this and I have to do that. So then we get frustrated because we can't, so we stop entirely. Well, who cares? Let's do this on Sunday and let's do that on this day. And, and I'm not saying Sunday is the only day that you can have a Sabbath rest, but here's what God says. One day in seven in your life, there needs to be a time you set aside and say, God, I devote this time, this space to you. I'm not going to treat it like every other day. I'm not just going to get up and go do what everybody else is doing. And if somebody else asks me, hey, will you do this on that day? I'm going to have to use that two-letter word that I've become so uncomfortable in using. No. No, I can't. Today is my Sabbath. Church, can I tell you, I don't, I don't think you have to be prophetic to look over the horizon and see a church and a people who are so burned out that we can't do anything anymore because we just refuse to rest. And that crossroad moments where, where God's like, listen, here's the path I have for you. 
I mean, do you believe in your heart of hearts that Jesus' plan for your life, God's plan for your life, is to be so busy and so stressed and so frustrated that you feel like you can't breathe? Do you think that's God's plan for your life? I don't. I don't think that's what God had in mind for us. But it's the life that we're living. And if I were going to put anything in order to say this is what's going to make this year the best year ever for us, It's this, take some rest. Find rest in Jesus. Learn to say no. Remember that you can't do it all. You can't do it all. Every time you try, you make a mess. And if you can keep that mess hidden for a while, it still eventually comes out into a place of brokenness. It hurts your family. It hurts your spouse. It hurts your kids. It hurts your community. It always boils over into that kind of a mess just because we simply refuse to rest. So if you would allow me, can I give you the day that Jesus gave to us? He says, I wanted to give you the gift of rest. A free Rain to be able to look someone in the eye and say, you know what? I can't today because this is my Sabbath. I won't today because this is my Sabbath. Because I spend time with Jesus today. Because I choose rest today. And listen, here's the very practical reality. When you choose the, the idea of Sabbath in your life, and stick with me on this because this is going to be a hard one. It means you sometimes have to work harder the other six days of the week. The idea of working harder doesn't sound better. Believe me, I, I, I get it. But it's worth it to get that day when I step back and I say, today, I'm going to rest in Jesus. I'm not going to do anything on my to-do list. I'm going to focus on spending time with the Lord, time and maybe some hobbies, time with friends and relationships, enjoying people. I'm not going to answer calls from work or emails. I'm not going to return text messages from the, I and here, I don't know if this is possible. You let me know. I might even turn my phone off. Your heart will not stop. I promise. But church, we need rest. And if I could give you anything to get you started into the best year of your life, it would be this. Learn to say no. Learn to say no, not to God, right? Because we've already become accustomed to that. Well, I just don't have time, Lord. I don't have time, Lord. No, learn to say no to some of the other things. Learn to say no to some of the other things so that you can have that time to spend in rest with Jesus. Which way are you going to turn for this year? It's the first day of 2023. Are you going to choose to build rest into this year, to build margin into this year, or are you just gonna keep filling it all up, filling it all up, filling it up, pressing it in, packing it in, getting it done, going further, going harder, going deeper, go. Are you gonna do that and get to the end of this year feeling just as exhausted? Or are you gonna make the decision to say, Jesus, I wanna take your yoke on me. I wanna live the life that you have for me. I want to live the life of rest that you prescribed for me, even at creation, knowing that my body mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally would need it. I want to give you the privilege and the right of taking a mental health day once a week and saying, God, I give this day to you. 
I choose rest. Will you pray with me? God, we find so difficult this task of resting. And it really, it becomes a task for us. We're so broken that rest becomes a chore. And God, that was never your intention for us. And Lord, we saw the hands in here earlier, all all across this room, the vast majority of us, God, who just feel like we just need rest. We're just so tired. We've just given so much of ourselves mentally, physically, spiritually, or emotionally. And God, we're just tired. There's no room to rest, no room to recuperate, no room to recover. And God, I just pray a blessing over your people that as we look at this crossroad today, that we would make the decision in our hearts and minds to say, I'm going to start saying no. I'm going to start choosing rest for myself. I'm not going to turn from God. I'm not going to turn from the gospel or the great commission. I'm not going to give up on doing the things that you've asked me to do, Lord. But I need to start saying no in some of these other areas because I just can't do it all. God, would you help us? Because that's that's so counterintuitive to us. It's countercultural to us. We live in a world that just pushes for more. One more, one more, just one more. God, would you help us to create space in our lives for a Sabbath rest? Realizing that if we don't, just as the children of Israel had to experience, there truly is a price to be paid. As our bodies break down, mentally emotionally physically god as it as the strain of it just becomes too much for us as our lives are cut short simply because we couldn't learn to rest in you if you're here this morning and i just want to pray for you but maybe you're in this room and you say yes that's me i need rest in my life can you just raise up a hand because I want to pray for you this morning yeah thank you I need to learn to rest in Jesus to not just keep going and doing and getting the next thing in anybody else thank you yeah God I just pray for every single person here who raised that hand Lord you know who they are you see their situations God you see the messes that so often are created and I pray Lord that you would work in every single heart and life God, that you would begin to restore rest to our souls. God, not just as an idea that we look at and think that sounds great, but it'll never be for me. Lord, help us to make the practical decisions to begin to say no to those things that aren't absolutely necessary so that we can say yes to you, so that we can say yes to the gospel, yes to the great commission, yes to rest, Lord. Lord, I just pray that you speak that so clearly into the hearts and lives of your people today, Lord. In Jesus' name. We're going to prepare to take communion.